Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loisel, and with me today is my co-host, Mark Salcedo. Hey, Mark Salcedo. Hi. Sorry, I want to make sure the levels are just right, and they are. They're perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I was thinking of uh, painting this room red. Oh, the the living room? Mm-hmm. Okay. What I color? Red. I said red. <laughs> I said red. And you said what color? For some reason, I was like waiting for like a punchline or something. You're just like, I think I might paint this room red. The end. Yeah, because <laughs> then I was hoping you'd be like, no. Hey, it's it's your home. You do what you want to do. It's going to be butt ugly, but you do what you want to do. <laughs> Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can find us at The Real Appeal, two E's in real. And you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. And on iTunes, if you would review us, we could be a little more visible. So mm-hmm. more people can deal with our bullshit. Yeah, people can hear our takes on all these movies that we are watching and, you know, Hear us uh, talk trash about certain people. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's sometimes it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, then our segments this week. Mm-hmm. We've got news. We've got our recent review of his house on Netflix. Whose house? His house. Ah, his house. Not her house. <gasps> you know, because it's not progressive enough. Oh, the alarm <laughs> timer. Hey, Stop. Google. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> What was that for, like, the laundry or something? I think so. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have Variety Time, The Death of MCU Cosmic, and and when Mark is talking about talking shit about people, this is the space that we're going to do it. Okay? Okay. Geriatric Cinematic is House from 1977. Not Hugh Laurie. <laughs> yeah, not the show House. Yeah. We're going to do, it's a Japanese uh, horror film. Yeah. It's on the Criterion Collection. It is. I think it's like sleeve 538 or something like that. Mm. 538. And the topic is home is where the horror is. Dun, 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 la, 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 I said la, la, la. home is where their horror is. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have a hard time saying horror. Because I That's feel like, it's I, not like you're saying horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a horror. Horror. No, home is where the horror is. I mean, I mean, if that's your home, <laughs> shit. I'm, I don't, I don't kink shame or anything like that. <laughs> so, Mark. Yes. Do you just want to get into the news? Yeah, let's uh, let's do. It. Let's get into the news. Um, earlier this week, uh, Narcos Mexico season three is coming. After all, mm-hmm. um, I remember you and I were like, I think we were like kind of watching it together, or like. I remember watching. We were leapfrogging, like we were watching it separately together, but we kept getting ahead. And then, like you fell off, and then I finished it on my own because I'm like, whatever, you're not gonna watch it. And then you did. Yeah, and then like I got all about Narcos Mexico. I was like totally into it and shit. And the way how season two ended, I was like, all right, if they're done, they're done. I can totally see it. But no, they're coming back for season three. Um, the show is coming back with a new showrunner uh, by the name of Eric Newman. 
Eric Newman, thank you. Uh, unfortunately, um, it has been pretty much confirmed that Gil, uh, Gil Del Toro, uh, Diego, <laughs> yeah, Lu- I know, uh, Diego Luna will not be returning as uh, Miguel Angel Felix Gallardo. <laughs> Miguel Angel Feliz Gallardo. And a little bit of American and Spanish in that one I just said, so I it's know. cool. Um, and it's understandable, understandable why he's not coming back. He actually. Um, told indie wire back in april uh, at the beginning it was fun but then it became uh really heavy uh for me i need rest i need rest those two years were really intense for me which is understandable he's doing um he's doing like a star wars show mm-hmm. uh i can't remember the characters names i'm blank it's like casting or something like that or um so it's understandable why he wouldn't be coming back for a third season mm-hmm. uh there's really no talk about who will be or who the subject will be, but uh, from what I read, it's supposed to be set in like the '90s this yeah. time around. So we don't know who's going to be like the lead. If it's going to follow like a particular, which particular drug lord or whatever, or maybe someone coming up in high ranks. Um, I think you and I were talking about the end of season two, and you said like they should totally do it on like El Chapo. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, and his character is because we already we've already met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His character got introduced. Uh, I think in in Narcos was it Narcos or just Narcos was it Narcos Mexico? I think it was Narcos. I think it was Narcos. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I think ca- he was working for um, what's his face? Escobar. I think so. No, I don't think so. As a young, like a young henchman type guy. No, I don't think so because he was Mexican and there was the Colombians and they did not like working with Mexicans. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean. Well, I think he was in season one then. Um, Narcos Mexico. Yeah, I don't doubt that. I think I remember him in Narcos Mexico season one, but like in a very, very, very small world. Like yeah. you saw him, you're like, oh, that's El Chapo. And then boom, like that was it. Yeah. He was their driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's no um, there's no idea of what what's exactly going to happen or nothing. Not, I don't even think like a production state has, a date has been uh, made yet, mm-hmm. but I'm just stoked alone that, like, they're going to do a season three. I'm going to be all about this when this shit drops. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what else, what else happened in the news? So we got some sad news. Yes. Sean Connery has died at the young age of 90. Damn. Um, he, had a large, he had a very long career ahead of him. I know. <laughs> I wonder how his parents must feel awful. <laughs> I know. Who's going to play James Bond now? <laughs> I know we're making light of a situation, but like, I mean, come on, the dude was 90 years old. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but his wife says that he had dementia before his death. And um, she said that it took a toll on him, but she, if anything, she's happy that at least he died in his sleep and it was just so peaceful. Mm. Um, and then, of course, his son Jason also told the Associated Press that his father died in his sleep um, in the Bahamas, where he lived. He lived in the Bahamas. I remember hearing that that's where he retired, in the Bahamas. That's a swell-ass place to fucking retire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he stopped making films back in 2003 with The League of, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm-hmm. which was a really, really, really bad movie. And from what I heard, his, uh, his uh, experience on that film was so bad he was like fuck it i'm done with this shit yeah and it's understandable he's been acting since like god since like the 50s or something like that shit i know right and of course he's 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 more well known as james bond but he had a lot of prominent roles um like uh 
Hunt for the Red October. Of course, he co-starred with Nicolas Cage in The Rock. Um, he had an uncredited role in... I think he played like King, King Henry in this night movie. It's it's blank on me right now. I think um, I remember something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember I, I remember he was in that movie. I think it was called like First Night with Richard Gere. I think that might have been the movie. Or I might be thinking about the Heat Ledger film. I Got it. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, this is this. Sean Connery has a very very long career. Um, and film and i mean like i said he was 90 but you know at least we got all those years um of good film with of, of good films yeah of good films and of course um in that accent uh, yeah um <laughs> uh, and to me he's to me he's always like my james bond because like that was like the first that, that you know, was the like first everyone bond. always talks about like their their first doctor like their doctor yeah, who their first doctor their first bond and stuff like that some people like especially now like this generation like generation like x and like z or, or millennials more more specifically millennials they're like oh pierce brosnan is like their james bond or maybe even timothy dalton but i remember watching like the old old james bond like dr no um for much with love goldfinger um like watching those movies with my mom so to me i'm just like yo that's a, that's my james bond that's her James Bond too. My mom. I'm sure. Oh yeah, that's definitely her James Bond. That's the one thing that we would connect. We would actually they would have marathons on TV, um, like TNT or TBS or whatever, and it'd be like James Bond for the weekend, and we just watch all these James Bond films uh, together. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a similar story, so. I know yeah. you've only watched. I know you've watched License to Kill. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of the Daniel Craig ones? I think I might have seen one of them. I feel like you might have seen like Casino Royale. No. No? And I didn't watch any of his. I thought you, oh, didn't you watch Skyfall? I thought you might have seen Skyfall Mm-mm. in these. Nope. No, maybe it was Casino Royale that I saw, but I know I didn't see Skyfall. That's the one, that was like, that's the one where like Javier Bardem is in it. Mm-mm. And he looks all like fucked up in the face and shit. Mm-mm. I know, I know you're looking forward to, um, uh no time to die mm-hmm. because of what's the homeboy uh mr robot oh yeah um okay i know he wants to say ezra miller but boy that's the wrong one <laughs> rami malik rami malik yeah um yeah i'm really looking forward to it because of him um but he hopefully his role is big enough that i'm not not like oh, i wish there was more of him in it i'm sure it'll be enough yeah. Of course, we don't know if that's ever going to get released anytime soon. <laughs> um, all right, so what else happened in the news? Suicide Squad. Uh, the plot details have been revealed. It has more special effect shots than many of the other Marvel movies combined. Um, James Gunn, he swears that the Suicide Squad is a much bigger film than any uh, either of the the guardians of the galaxy movies that he did mm-hmm. um he has been quoted as saying it was becoming more and more blue screen on my other movies and it sort of bums me out a little bit to be spending three weeks on a set that is just a few painted purple rocks but the suicide squad is a big film with so many practical effects we were really building building giant sets mm. um and speaking of the sets um it's more than a hundred that were built for the film and they are heading to, in, uh, what's it called? 
Corto Maltese, which I guess is um, a fictional island um, that like DC Comics and the Arrowverse share. Mm-hmm. Um, so Saffron, who's Saffron? Saffron. Oh, I guess that's another place. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah, this is Saffron, and Saffron laid out the overarching goal. Oh, I think that's the producer. Okay. Um, there they have to destroy a Nazi-era pr- uh, prison and laboratory named Jotunheim. Jotunheim. <laughs> where political prisoners were held and experimentations took place. From what I read, um, this has kind of like an Overlord feel to it. Remember that? Remember we saw Overlord? That's that World War II film where like they get... They get into that Nazi like mm-hmm. experiment. That movie was way more fun than it had every right to be. But man, that was a good movie. Yeah, I was. I thought it was gonna be. I was like, I want it to be good, but I think it's gonna be bad. Yeah. And then it was good, and I was like, oh fuck yeah. Yeah, um, that's my understanding. They're kind of getting this idea that it's gonna be kind of wild like this. Um, James Gunn did say also that um, the people at WB. Uh, because a lot of people speculate like, oh, they're, they're characters that have what's called plot armor, mm-hmm. which means like they're just not going to die. They're too big a name. Like, let's say uh, Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. It's too big of a name. She's Harley Quinn now. Everyone associates Harley Quinn with that character. Um, but James Gunn swears up and down that he was – that WB gave him – what's it called? Carte Blanche or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, saying anybody can die at any moment. That's which, awesome. Which – I don't know if that's 100% true, but it makes sense because it, it is, they're called the Suicide Squad for a reason. Right. Like, many of them will not make it. And I think there's like, fucking like 10 or 12 cast members or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would not be surprised if people just, heads are just exploding, just dying left and right. Yeah. In a, in a more, in a much better fashion than the fucking previous movie, which was pure garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, that is... What's going on with Suicide Squad? <laughs> um, we also want to make a quick mention that uh, LeBron James is producing a documentary on the 1921 Tulsa race massacre. Um, the reason why we want to bring this up is because the whole Tulsa race massacre has been really playing a lot. I mean, the the, the knowledge of this has been playing a lot. We saw it. It was heavily... Uh, I guess they introduced into the pop culture zeitgeist with Watchmen, mm-hmm. and then it was shown again uh, recently on Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a part of American history that America has tried to buried, and I'm so glad that this documentary is getting made. Me too. I want to see because mm. I know they've got old footage and shit too. Like yeah. I want to see. Yeah, definitely. And probably die like crying. <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt. It. I mean, it's 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 bad. Um, it's gonna be uh, produced. Uh, it's gonna be uh, LeBron James Production Company, along teaming up with CNN Films. Um, the director, whose name is Jamal Henderson. No, no, uh, no. This is directed by Salma Salma Korma. Where you get Jamal Henderson from? That's the name in there somewhere. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's I believe it's called Dream: The Rise and Fall of Black Wall Street. Oh, he's the chief operating officer of Spring Hill. What? Okay. Ah, okay. I see. What you're ah, yeah, yeah. I see. I see. I see. I see. I'm all like surprised. I'm the one who put the docket together. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, there's no clue if 
when it's going to get released, but people are speculating that it will probably drop in early 2021. Yeah, because you're not like having a bunch of actors and stuff. Oh, yeah, just like a lot of archival footage and like getting interviews and just doing yeah. research and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to this. Me too. It's gonna be great. Like, I'm really, really looking. Well, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be great. It's gonna be yeah, very sad. It's gonna be great. Yeah, but I'm just. I'm gonna want to kill myself. Great. <laughs> great. <laughs> Let's do the podcast by myself. Yes. Okay. Um, anything else? Are we done? We are done. All right. So now we are going to move on to our recent review of his house. Congratulations. You're being released as asylum seekers, not as citizens, not yet. You will be sent to a home of our choosing. You must not move from this address. We are good people. Whether or not you're good people, it's not me that needs convincing. It's a palace. This entire house is just for us. It's gonna be nice, you're gonna be happy. As long as you can get along, fit in, be one of the good ones. This is our home. All I can taste is the metal. We'll get used to it. The synopsis is a refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan, but then they struggle to adjust to their new life in an English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface. Directed by Remy Weeks, written by Felicity Evans, Toby Venables, uh, and Remy Weeks. Um, it stars Sope Dirisu, Wunmi Musaku, and just so you know, that's Ruby. From mm. Lovecraft Country. Yep, yep. Uh, Malaika Wakoli Abi, Abigaba mm. and Matt Smith. <laughs> just like, <laughs> we're just like reading these names, these very like culture and like ethnic names and stuff like that. And then Matt Smith. <laughs> <clears throat> so I remember because mm. I had a weekend to myself and Netflix was like, oh, these things you might like watching. And I was like, Mark is always telling me, oh, we're going to do this one or we're going to do that one. And he's mm. like looking at Netflix. So I'm like, let me look through everything. And there was a bunch of stuff coming out, including The Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. Um, but his house was on the list and I watched the trailer for it. And that's mm. when I showed it to you because I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. Yeah, exactly. And I remember I remember you did show it to me and I was like, OK, this might be a really, really good choice. And it, I, it surprisingly it. It came out at a perfect time because since we're, um, this is our last episode for our uh, Halloween uh, month long special. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, perfect. We'll definitely do it. We watched it. You want you want to you want to take it or you want me to you want me to talk about it first? Um, I think you should talk about it first. I love this movie. Holy <laughs> shit, this movie was so good. It was like. I, I've, I've seen a lot of horror movies in my day. I still do occasionally watch horror films, but like it's very, very hard to actually scare me. Like you have to like be damn good at it, right? There were several parts I was like, "Yo, fuck this movie." <laughs> <laughs> it was some really great shit. Um, not even not 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 just that is someone actually 
you can actually look at this as a horror film or as like a psychological thriller because of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like this really, really great underlining message with this movie about uh, immigration and people coming to uh, different countries. Like first world countries. Yeah, coming to first world countries seeking asylum and stuff like that. And, th- and that alone is like a horror tale within itself. Mm-hmm. It's just so cool how um, this director, Remy, uh, was it Remy Weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe this is like his first film. Really? Yeah, and he like knocked this out of the park. Hmm. Um, especially like I said, uh, horror films has always horror films have always been made with a little bit of uh, social commentary, like mm-hmm. sci-fi films and stuff like that. Like Star Trek's like the most well-known yeah. one, for example. But horror films always have something to say. Um, like the Baba Duke has something to say about like motherhood. Um, well, even as um, recent as Jordan Peele's movies, Jordan Get Peele. Out and Us. Yeah, Get Out and Us. Um, what was the horror film that we last we watched last week? Oh, uh, the witches. Oh, yeah. never mind. <laughs> drop that. Yeah, drop that. <laughs> <laughs> drop that. Okay, never mind. So skip that one. Um, so this one has an underlying message with within the film as well, which I say was immigration. Uh, the performance is really fucking great. Um, I say uh, Yunmi Musaku. Wunmi. Sorry, Wunmi Musaku. I remember we were watching this movie, and we we're just like. Damn, she's really pulling off like a South South Sudan or Nigerian accent, like really fucking well. Because we only seen her as Ruby from yeah. from Lovecraft, and we're like, okay, she's got to be an American. She probably her parents are probably like, uh, she's probably like what first generation immigrant, second uh, second generation immigrant. Mm-hmm. That's what we're thinking, and we find out no, she's like legit from Nigeria. Yeah, and we're like, wow, holy shit, <laughs> this woman is an excellent excellent uh, actress. Um, it's very. Uh, one thing I really like about this movie is that it doesn't rely on jump scares. It really no, it's really fucking creepy, actually, and not just like oh, I'm gonna scare you with like cheap tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they even like they even go against certain tropes within telling this, uh, like using uh, different techniques for horror. Mm-hmm. Like the the one of the things that normally like saves a person in horror films is like oh, they're able to turn on the light. It's like, okay, cool, the danger's done. And then maybe like a quick look and, oh, they're back or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. This one actually like, it doesn't turn the light against the character, but there's a scene where how like the evil or darkness or whatever is coming after him like interacts with the light. He's like, no, nah, we ain't done. And like turn off the light mm-hmm. in like this really kind of creepy way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this really great twist. Yeah, yeah, it's the one that you really don't see coming. Yeah, exactly, and I can't wait until we just—I can't wait for us to discuss it. To discuss it uh, when we get. <laughs> I know, right? This movie got me like tongue ties and shit like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just jabbering on, Kelsey. What did, what did you think about it? I thought it was great. Um, th- there's a couple of things. So it's in England. Yeah. Um, normally, when people are coming from another country, they're going to America, mm-hmm. and so like. Like, in movies, I mean, not in general. Um, But, first of all, of course, like, I'm American. I don't know much about other countries. So, Mm -hmm. like, in my mind, I'm like, why do people choose England instead of America? Like, Mm. what makes it better? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's closer or easier. (laughs) Yeah, in some cases. There's much water to go over. Yeah, in some cases, like, the, I don't want to say the asylum laws are a bit more relaxed, but it is... It's easier to kind of like get in and kind of just be part of 
the the community because there's so there's so much of a melting pot because you're in England, but you got like Spain, you got France, you got Rome, you got all these other uh, countries. Yeah. Around in like that in, near that area. Yeah. So, um, I thought it was interesting that they they chose England and then Matt Smith. Um, I thought it was interesting that he chose that role too because yeah. he's usually really like fun. Mm-hmm. Although I think we did see him in something recently where he was. Well, I know he's in the he's in the Crown. Oh yeah, he's, That's I, where I don't I, saw him. I don't watch it, and so. he was not fun in that either. <laughs> um, oh, we did see him in something. What? Terminator Genesis. <laughs> Shut up! Get away from me. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up is like, mm. I don't know if it's like um, I'm gonna. I guess call myself out and call it a bias. Hmm. Um, this this couple they end up they're in England, hmm. and, and without giving anything away, some of the choices they make with what they're doing in the house, hmm. I wouldn't make. Like okay. sometimes, like because you don't want to get in trouble, and I think sometimes they're um, like different cultures hmm. view trouble in different ways. Yeah, so yeah. like. I don't know. I wouldn't do something that would get me in trouble, but like other people are like, no, that's fine. Like, yeah. and and it's like a culture clash type thing. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll get more into that too. But I think I know what you're. I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you talking about like the the like with the walls? Oh, okay. I get you. I get that. I, I think that scene kind of like leads into like to the idea of like the guy kind of losing his sanity, like bit by bit. A little bit, but I yeah. really do think too, like. Other cultures don't really like think about those the consequences yeah. of those things because it's not part of their culture to worry about it. Oh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the What did you think about the directing? I thought direct the directing was great. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a lot of shots that sometimes they would do these zoomed out shots that made me think of um, Hill House. Oh, okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, so there was that, and and they had a few really telling scenes that I really liked, mm-hmm. um, especially with like the things that were more horror, and and they used a lot of practical effects. I think. Yeah, I think if I can remember, if I can really think about, it, I think the only thing that maybe was not a practical effect was. Um, the ocean scene. The ocean scene. Yeah, the ocean scenes were probably. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure some of the ocean scenes were practical. Like maybe like when they had to get a closer shot or mm-hmm. a tighter shot. But like there's like one scene in particular where they're having dinner and then it kind of like transitioned to like an ocean kind of weird scene. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously that has to be like a, a a CGI, but not heavily CGI. Yeah. Type scene. Um, but um, go on. Anything else? <laughs> Go on. Um, <laughs> I thought I'm gonna like snatch your shit. <laughs> um, I think it's really interesting too how different the couple saw things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, to the point where you almost start to believe that they're not gonna make it. Like you don't yeah. know if they are, or they're not, mm. and so like it then it becomes even worse. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of horror films where there's like a married couple, there's always like this tension of um like one is crazier than the other mm-hmm. or one that you know one doesn't see it or one has a different side or side of what they're experience, experiencing mm-hmm. um 
And with this one, I felt that the the couple, while we're still getting like two sides of what they're seeing, mm-hmm. we are getting two reasons of why they're seeing two different sides. Yeah. Which I thought it was something definitely fucking refreshing. Yeah. Because mostly likely, most of the time it's like, oh, there's a ghost. Oh, there's not a ghost. Oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're, you know, you're not crazy or something like that. And then we're just, it's just kind of like service level shit. Mm-hmm. But then when you get to like to the deeper meaning of like why they're seeing certain things and why maybe the ghost is attacking one person and not attacking the other person. Mm-hmm. Then we get in further than that. You're just like, oh shit. Like it, this movie has like so many, I want to say it has uh, like so many layers, but it's stacked on top of itself, on top of itself that keeps you guessing. Right. Which I think why it makes it so fucking great. It doesn't <laughs> make it like, a, it doesn't make it a typical horror film. No, it doesn't. And there's a lot that they're battling with between yeah. being in a new country and dealing with their laws and dealing with your, own ideas from your country that you're from mm. then there's marriage and family and all these things so yeah. i think we should get into the spoiler section <laughs> dramatic pause <laughs> <laughs> i was hoping you'd be like oh i'm gonna use that and then we're gonna cue up the music no why not because i don't want to <laughs> no, no I, I didn't know you were Because you always cue up the music. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know we were doing it like that. My bad. Damn, sorry, shit. No, we're supposed to be, like, eye level with each other at all times, like this. Why am I? <laughs> <laughs> gave me this weird-ass stare. It's going to scare me. <laughs> or it is. <laughs> it did. I made him speechless. It's been a <laughs> yeah. while since I've done that. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, folks. So, um, so we're going to get into the our spoiler section. Uh Folks who have seen it, where you know, you just come on in, just hang on out. You know, I gotta tell everybody. Come on else. in and hang on out. Yeah, come on in, hang on out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for the folks who have not seen the his house, um, you go ahead and you just skip over. And uh, here's your spoiler, your spoiler bumper to skip over. just have to make a mention that for the people who who obviously you can't see us because we're recording we always do like i don't know, like the the, the music is kind of catchy so we always mark kinda, always does like shoulder shrugs and i get stupid every time yeah but that's the thing you, <laughs> you do this one thing where you like do you, you have like your palms facing up and you're almost like like if you're holding two plates and that's like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so, that's why i'm just like oh god and you do it every time and every time i'm like oh god <laughs> Um, I uh, thought it was interesting. I thought something was funny when you said, so we are going to, um, I guess, like, you said something about his house. Yeah. And it made me think of, like, yeah, we got to go find, if you can't find his house. Oh, you said find it on Netflix. But you said find it, like, find his house. And I'm like, let me give you the directions to his house. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> um, all right, so now we're in the spoiler, se- spoiler section. Kelsey, want to go a little bit deeper of uh, what you were enjoying about this movie? Yes. Um, so the thing I was talking about where it was different cultures worry about different things. Yes. I'm going to start there. Okay. Um, the walls are really fucked up when they get there. Like, yeah. it's a trashy place. Mm. They have a few holes that are cut into the wall. Mm. The power doesn't work. And yeah. the wallpaper peels. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then kind of unpeels, so you know that's like a horror thing. Yeah. But anyway, um, the husband, um, Bol, Bol Major, mm-hmm. he hears things in the walls and he sees things and he just like, I think he got tired of like the wallpaper was peeling and then it wasn't peeling and it was freaking him out. So he actually took the wallpaper off of all the walls. Yeah. And eventually he starts like getting a hammer and like going to town on the wall. Yeah. Mm. And, um, so then for me, that's like, I, even if in a horror situation, Mm. I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, and like my culture is don't destroy property. Yeah. Yeah. Like his <clears throat> culture is let me get to the bottom of whatever the fuck is going on so mm. I can kill it. <laughs> like, I get what you're saying. I, I honestly don't think it's a culture thing. Like I said, I, I think it is kind of like him losing grip with, um, with his sanity and kind of like thrown out, um, throwing out the idea of like oh i have to be like really careful with this whole thing i'm sure if like he did find something he would felt it would have like justified what's going on you know uh i'm sorry it justified him putting holes in the wall and like fucking it up and shit like that well i do think it does have something to do with it the culture Mm. thing because i mean you go shopping at super king and you Mm. have all these different people Mm. and like there are stores where people are more polite to each other. Oh, and yeah. then you get a mix of all these cultures where they just kind of bulldoze for everybody. Mm. Like, it's like that. Like, they just, like, people just don't think about things the same way depending on where they're from. Yeah. So I think maybe it's a mix of both of what we're saying. It probably is. I mean, I've seen, like, I, I've seen s- scenarios like this played out. Like, um, I think Amityville Horror had did some similar to this where, like, they were, like, trash in the house or they were trying to find whatever they were hearing or something like that so i mm-hmm. think that's why i'm kind of like leaning further into like oh it's him going crazy um I, and i think that's like if anything i think that's like the only trope in this film that really copy that really has been seen in other horror films mm-hmm. but like we had said earlier it starts like really twisting that a bit more um like for example how um how bull and uh real real how how they are seeing the same goes, but in different lights. Mm-hmm. Like, Bowl is more seen as, like, a terror, and Rial is seen as, like, I guess you say maybe, like, guilt. If I, if I was, if I was Kind of, like, guilt, but I think it, she sees it as almost like a saving, like a savior, mm-hmm. in a way. Well, she did say earlier in the movie, she said something like, oh, you know, whatever, like, she was talking about, like, some folklore, about some... some so, about, like, a witch, like a sea witch or something. Yeah, and it, like, <clears throat> and it, like, followed them here. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, because there's that one part where she's like, we have to, like, go back home because this is not supposed to be our place. Yeah, we don't belong here, she said. Yeah, and I think that's what, that's, I think that's when it kind of goes to the whole guilt thing about, because essentially, like, they lose, a, they lose a, at first you think it's their daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, like, the guilt is, like, she, we lost our kid. No, I think, for me, the guilt was more, when she said we don't belong here, I really thought mm-hmm. because before that, there was, were these teenagers who were obviously up to no good, mm-hmm. and she needed directions, and she was really lost, because I think the, the sea witch was fucking with her, and she couldn't, like, oh, yeah, yeah, find okay. her way out, even to the street. Yeah. Like, so she was just going in a maze of, like, like the suburbs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, th- I thought she meant, like, we don't belong here. Like, mm-hmm. we're not from here. We don't belong here. Yeah. And then you find out why. <laughs> 
when she said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which it, it goes into it goes into what I was saying earlier about how this film can be seen as like as a as an immigration film, because if you like if you're watching this couple trying to uh, assimilate or or seek asylum and trying to like start this new life here from from the jump you think oh they're just going they're just going through the process of just assimilating to this culture Mm -hmm. and then when it goes with the husband and wife you know when we get their inside view Mm -hmm. we see that it's way much deeper that like it it goes way much deeper in a fact in a way that it's horror between them but the horror of realization that like they almost have like survivor's remorse Mm -hmm. um which like I said, which is, I was like, damn, this movie's so fucking good when they got into that subject. Exactly. Um, is there anything of the performance that stuck out for you? Um, I think not really. Oh, okay. Well, no, because it's like for me, the story was so amazing, and mm-hmm. like, I'm not gonna lie, there. Um, I have a hard time connecting with people from other cultures sometimes because they just emote differently. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. So, um, like, I get the story, and I thought the story was great, and I thought they were great in it. Mm -hmm. Um, But there wasn't, to me, anything that really stood out. I think maybe, like, one of them was crying at one point. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, crying scenes always, like, always... Always get you? Yeah. Mm. Like... But I don't, I wouldn't say that you could put anyone in this role, though, either. No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, like, I don't, like, I, I agree with you there. I don't think they could have just put anybody in it. Because, I mean, not everybody's, like, not everybody's even, like, a good actor or actress. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, it wasn't, like. And they brought a level of authenticity to yeah. their characters that you couldn't whitewash it like Hollywood mm. likes to do. Or even just put, like a black person in it and be like okay you can act like you're from sedan yeah yeah or like you're black but you're not black black yeah <laughs> you're like you have like a lighter skin tone you're not a you're a tyler perry character yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um so i would say that they they did really well and they're good actors but mm. um i'm not i'm not like gonna say that anything was super mm groundbreaking as far as like how they performed okay yeah i yeah i would have to agree i, I would agree with uh, sorry i'll agree with some of that there's one thing that actually does really stick out for me and that's when the husband is like we have to um we have to burn all the stuff that we brought with us because mm-hmm. he believes is cursed and then there's that scene where like um where Rial has like the necklace around her neck mm-hmm. and Bo like grabs it and then she like grabs his hand and stuff like that mm-hmm. and there's like this moment of like really intense really really big like intensity between the two like it like it could have gone one of either way it could have he could have tore it off which he ended up doing or they would have gone to a fist fight mm-hmm. I don't know it was like that it was like that quick second of like oh shit this is really intense yeah. so I would say like that sticks out with me the most with um with that particular scene, in in terms of uh, uh, performance, I, I like that scene too for that. But I, for me, it's like I think that more has to do with the directing and the writing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
So I know I'm not like super selling it as like a great film, but no, like you're 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 more focused on the story and the direction. Yeah, as the story to the and acting. the direction. The ch- the the acting wasn't cheesy at all. Mm-hmm. Like it was really authentic feeling to me. Yeah. you know, a white person, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like I think they did really well, and I was mm-hmm. really happy to see. Um, one me Musaku in a role like this because then we really had questions like where is she really from yeah yeah and we've seen her in other things so it's not like she's a shitty actress yeah absolutely um so about so let's 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 talk about the horror the horror part the scare part oh it. the part where you keep seeing people that are like really fucked up looking behind him in the dark oh that part was fucking with me that was kind of like how um the jigabobo episode of um lovecraft country yeah they were yeah. really creepy yeah it kind of was reminiscent of that for me mm-hmm. because they were dressed a certain way and they were really fucking creepy looking and they were just mm. there and it wasn't like they popped out of nowhere it was like they were really close to him just kind of like staring at him yeah, or it would be and it was unsettling. Yeah, or there'd be like a part where like the character is in the foreground and you just see like a figure in the background. But you don't know the figure's there until it moves. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, whole oh shit. Like, you know, because that's <laughs> there's this fear that I have, and I'm not the like the only one. I used to have a really bad growing up where where it's like nighttime but it's late at night and you're going from like room to room mm-hmm. but like let's say the light switch is on one side of the room and you want to get to the other side mm-hmm. and you have to like move really fast because your brain's like as soon as the time's light the fucking boogeyman's gonna come up and like that's like I used to do that when I was eight I was terrified of Freddy Krueger uh-huh. also the sound of the toilet flushing in the middle of the night was very loud and it like scared me <laughs> did it sound like Freddy Krueger like, no it was just really loud and uh, it like okay. It unnerved me more because I had a thing about sounds when I was younger. Yeah. Like Leia did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, I'd be, like, coming from a really bright, loud-ass room, basically, and then I'd have to go, like, out into the hallway and into my room, and I'd have to, like, hurry up and close the door, and I'd, like, run and leap into my bed so that nothing could come and get me <laughs> from under the bed. Yeah, so there are, I mean, there are, like, a scene or two where you get that sense in this movie mm-hmm. um one thing that i was just like yo f- really fuck this movie is when um where the husband is like in the room and he like like hit like the lights are off and like all like these creatures or demons or whatever are, like kind of coming at him and they're like climbing on him yeah and he like flicks that switch mm-hmm. and he's like he thinks he's safe and then he, i guess he like backs away from the switch or he kind of like gets away from it for a second and then when he looks at it again, like the main, um, I guess the main antagonist, the main monster or whatever, mm-hmm. is like, nah, nah. And then like flips that switch off and it's like, boom, like right on top of him, like with a knife. Mm-hmm. That's how I was like, oh, shit. No, I think before that, uh, he was trying himself to see about the lights because uh, okay. he had, that's the scene that really got me was yeah. that he turned the light on. Mm-hmm. And then he himself turned it off to see mm. if he, like, was just seeing shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then there was, like, five of them all over him. Yeah. And he was, like, dying. He was choking. Yeah. Um, one thing that I thought was really cool, and I'm glad we, are, we can talk about this now in the spoiler section, is um, the scene where the husband and wife are sitting at the kitchen table and mm-hmm. they're eating. And you can see... 
this like the smaller things like you can see the difference of what of how one person is more assimilating to like uh to the english or like in a more what's it called english i think anglo anglo culture Mm -hmm. and the other one is still staying to their roots where uh, Rial is like eating her food but with her hands Mm -hmm. and bowl is like eating with like a fork and a knife right and you're seeing or he's trying to anyway i think he really couldn't yeah, he was like he was really like going to town with that shit. I think he had like a butter knife or something yeah. like that, cut a, like a steak or some shit. Um, yeah, and then like the camera like pans out further and further, and then you you see it's like a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. And I thought like that shot was so cool because it was like a seamless transition, right? Where you didn't think like, oh shit, I'm in a dream now. And the the, the movie did that a few times where mm-hmm. like all of a sudden there's like a time jump and they're somewhere else, like they're waking up somewhere else. Oh yeah, and that's that that's. Yeah, that was like closing into like into the third act when they're like they're confronting their demons, right? No, they did it a few times. Oh, okay. Because that was one of them, and then she woke like I think she woke up somewhere else. Yeah, she woke up like uh, at that school. Yeah. Um, but before that, there was another time where like he had got the clothes or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or he was like on the ground, and then all of a sudden he's like it's daytime. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so let, let's talk about like that big ass reveal. Yeah. Oh man, that reveal. <laughs> so uh, Riel and Ball, they, you got a sense of like when they were actually we. I think we get it in the beginning of the movie, like maybe five or ten minutes of the movie, where like they're crossing, uh, they're crossing the ocean to try to get to England, and they have a little girl with them, mm-hmm. and we're like, and then of course like, and it, they refer to her as their daughter. Yeah, 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 and like it's the the scene is like maybe like five minutes long or something like that but mm-hmm. we we got to something that like oh they lost their daughter while trying to get to england mm-hmm. and they they're it's it's so interesting because like the husband bowl is like trying to like get past this and everything and real is just like you won't even like say her name mm-hmm. you know and we were thinking like oh maybe he's like trying to put her behind this but we but it's later revealed that there's more of a disconnect to that because that was literally not his fucking daughter. Exactly. Well, I thought it was really interesting how the creature was giving the the wife mm-hmm. a choice of you can sacrifice your husband's body. Mm-hmm. I want his body and you can have your daughter back. Yeah, and the, and I, the, I remember the creature gave him that choice as well. Right. But like it, like sacrifice your wife or something like that. No, himself. Oh, well, I he thought, only wanted the man's oh, body. Okay, I got because I, I got to say, I, I, I obviously must have missed it, but I got a sense that like he that he was trying the the creature was trying to pit them against each other. Nope, he wanted the man's body, and it makes mm. sense when you found out the circumstances under which they ended up with that girl. Okay, okay. Um, but she, um, it. I thought it was really interesting how. She actually was going to sacrifice her husband mm. for this girl that they only knew for a few weeks. Yeah, I, was, I, I wouldn't even say a few weeks. It might just be like a few days. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, but if you think about it, like it, they, they it wasn't trying to pit them against each other. They, mm. it really wanted his body in sacrifice because mm. it's basically to right whatever wrong was done and he is the one who stole her from her mother yeah to get on that bus that scene was so fucked up when like they were like trying to get on the bus they're trying to uh survive this uh this like soon to be massacre and like how the little girl how the girl looks up at rial and just like mommy and then like it catches her attention and the husband's like 
oh shit, that's our chance. Yeah. That, that's our chance to search. To, well, without because a doubt, they the, weren't going to let them on the bus because it was full. And, and yeah. they're like, okay, okay, only a few more, but children only, children only. Yeah. And he stole this child and was like, hey, it's our kid. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. ended up on the bus. Yeah. And then, like, the, the, the little girl's like, mom, like, where's mom? Where's my mom at? And everything. And there's that heartbreaking scene where, like, the mom actually sees that. And is, like, running after the bus but it's already too late i know and that's so fucked up because like we don't know if like the mother died or not but even if she let's say she didn't die she always she'll always have that that uh what's that more what's the word looking for that question yeah she'll always have that question if like if her daughter's alive or de- is alive or dead mm-hmm. of course we know what happened but damn that's so fucked up because not only did like not only did the uh not only the bold like like end this girl's life mm-hmm. you know by bringing her across and of course he didn't know this was going to happen but like essentially like the mother's life ended too because that's like you're, you're like you're just destroyed because you don't know what the fuck happened to your kid yeah exactly um so i so well, and then of course i think you're putting an american spin on it too mm-hmm. because um i don't know what i think over like especially in those parts of the world mm they probably know like there's a good chance that their children are going to die. Like I'm sure they're devastated too, but I, f- mm. I have a feeling that they kind of handled a lot better than we would. Yeah. I mean, there, there have been tons of stories where people are trying to get from like war tour countries and like the parents know they're not going to make it. So they like, they give their, their child to somebody else. Mm-hmm. They don't know who this person is, Yep. but they're like, whatever, if, oops, sorry, hit the mic. <laughs> Like every episode, I know. <laughs> uh, the parent will like look at this person and be like, "Take this child because I'm sure they will have a better life than what's hap- what's about to come." And I think, like as Americans, I think we'd still have a hard choice because oh, yeah. we would think about it a lot longer because we're like, "Yeah, people aren't all good." Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I, I think this is why this is one of the reasons why I think it it also cannot be a horror film, um, like a more of a thriller, is because this monster was let's say like the monster doesn't it, the monster wasn't real let's say it was all in their head mm-hmm. it was like it was like the wedge between the two you know like this decision that they made mm-hmm. to essentially take this kid and like use this kid to seek asylum um like that was like the wedge that was just like we made this horrible decision i see it this way you see it this way we're constantly clashing mm-hmm. this is how our marriage is going to fall apart um and there's even the part where, like, the wife is like, uh, no, I'm going back home. And the husband's like, nah. <laughs> like, yeah. locks, like locks, it, locks her ass up inside the house. I remember I told you, too, that, like, if we, you and I were caught in that situation, if you saw me, like, hammering, like, the doorknob and shit like that and make sure we can't get out, you look at me and be like, I'm going to fucking murder you right now. <laughs> no, I'd be like, okay, you start there. I'm going to find a window before you get to that. Like, you can't be everywhere at once, so obviously i'm gonna leave but can i I? (laughs) (laughs) um i do think it's interesting that your take on like it could just be like a metaphor kind of for the wedge between them Mm -hmm. um but i really like how it ends because it essentially it's essentially their sins kind of coming out into the open and they have to accept it. Yeah. Um, so they're able to live semi-peacefully. Yeah, and there's a really great shot where, um, like, the, 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 like the 
uh, the British government or whatever, or the people who handle the um, asylum papers or whatever, mm-hmm. come and visit the couple. And, you know, they're looking at the house, making sure, like, they haven't been causing up trouble or, like, destroying the building or anything like that. You know, they've been living, like, somewhat upstand- upstanding citizens. And they leave. But when they leave, there's, like, this quick cut. It's not a, it's a cut to, of the couple, but they're surrounded, they're surrounded by other people. Mm-hmm. And um, my, my interpretation, this is probably your interpretation as well, Kelsey. Uh, my interpretation is, like, these are the people who didn't survive yeah seeking asylum crossing the border and it wasn't just like actually it started with the daughter yeah yeah you're right it did start with the daughter and it's not just and it's not just people from like sudan or like african countries you see like latin people in there you see asian people in there Mm -hmm. and it has like this broader message of like this doesn't just happen in one region in the world this happens like all over the planet yeah so basically these two people who survived all these harrowing um situations and stuff and they suffered so much loss mm. they're even though they're still alive and they made it to where they wanted to be mm. they're still carrying the weight of immigration in general on their shoulders yeah exactly so it's like a little bit of that my take some of my take is survivors are mores and yeah. also the, the the possible split of their marriage and everything that mm-hmm. they can't survive this um I mean, all in all, like I said, like like we said earlier, it's a it's a really fucking great movie. Yeah, it's absolutely a great. I'm surprised. What did you think about the scene where the monster was putting his fingers under the guy's skin? Oh, that shit was so fucking gross. This, <laughs> oh my god! Like I hate like one thing I don't another thing I don't like about uh, not I don't like but one things that one of the things that gets me in horror films or like it's hard for me to watch is like body horror. Like, uh, like a good example is like the fly, where Kelsey and I watched the fly, and it's a Cronenberg film, so it's obviously body horror. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple, there's a couple of scenes where I'm just, I'm still like, ugh, that's so gross, it's so painful. Mm. The monster like dug his fingers into like, like its under his skin. skin. Oh, it was just, just trying to like, yeah, get more of it and shit. Mm-hmm. And he, ugh, ugh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my take on it. <laughs> it's funny too because you think about getting under someone's skin, mm-hmm. and when the whole time he was like under, like trying to get under his skin because, mm, yeah, like you know what you know what you did. Yeah, I'm getting. And under you have your to skin. sacrifice yourself. Yeah, yeah. Get under your skin. Yeah. So he's getting under his skin and and also getting under his skin. <laughs> Ta da! No, that's actually kind of funny. <laughs> it's, huh? it's less scary now, more funny now. The way how you <laughs> the way how you said it, he's getting on his skin and he's getting under his skin. <laughs> um, but he didn't get under his skin. He didn't. Oh, another great thing, they both survive. Yeah, they both do. I love that they did not die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like they didn't die. <laughs> they saying. didn't die, <laughs> and about that, it seems like they didn't get deported either. Which mm-hmm. it seemed like they were going to. Yeah, it could have been. A, it, it would have been a possibility, but I mean, I mean, other than like, which I'm surprised because it seemed like th- they really were headed that way. Yeah, and it didn't. It didn't end in a typical like, oh, but they didn't really survive, or oh, they really did go back. You know, like that, that like that last final second in the movie where it's like, blah, final scare. Mm-hmm. Just like, no, this is the message we want to deal. This is the horrors we want to show. This is the acting we want to show credits yeah like that's i was like all right like they had respect for the culture and the issues Mm -hmm. revolving uh around immigration and and the genre assimilating and the genre like they wanted to have respect for everything yeah absolutely 
Oh man. Is that I mean, it? I, I think that's it. I think I think we're good. I think we're done. Highly recommend this. Highly recommend this. Can't recommend enough. Great film. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten would recommend. Is another what? Ten out of ten would recommend. Yeah, ten out of ten. <laughs> I mean not like the witches. That That's, uh, the 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 twenty twenty version. Yeah. It's not ten out of ten on that one. It's zero one out of ten. It's like negative four out of twenty. <laughs> as far as ways possible. All right, cool. Um all right, I think we're done with it. <laughs> we're like, I'm done. All right, I think we're done. We're done. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to our variety time segment. So, Mark, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so normally, I mean, that variety time you know, queue up. It's like, hey, variety time. But that's me fucking dancing on the grave of Jeremy Conrad's career. So for the folks who don't know, uh, Jeremy Conrad, Con, Con, yeah, I'll call him Conrad. Um, <laughs> he was a journalist, film journalist? Loosely. Loosely. Um, he ran the site MCU Cosmic. Um for people who don't know, should I say this? That I guess I'm a film journalist. I always feel weird when I give myself that title. Do you have articles on a website I about do. film? Yeah, I do. I and I and it, it, they've been sourced by like like GQ, for example. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I know, right? Um, yeah. So uh, Kelsey has done a bit a bit of this work as well. Um, yeah, I'm a film journalist. She's a film journalist as well. She's 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 paid her dues. She's done the interviews, written the articles, and done the travel. I met that guy from Vikings. Uh, you are so. You know what? Yeah, be proud of that. And we got to do axe throwing. Ah, that was so cool. I don't, I don't think I landed that axe. <laughs> I, 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 I think don't, James. I, I think James did. Oh, he would, because he's British. <laughs> I yeah. <can't. laughs> um. So Kelsey and I, we still kind of have our. I, I mainly, but Kelsey also still has her ear to the ground of what's going on with like film journalism and, and like behind the scenes. There's like a bunch of behind the scenes stuff that um, that we don't divulge, but it's like, it's some bullshit. So this dude here, Jeremy Conrad, he's one of the f- scum of the earths of film journalism. Um, <clears throat> he's, he runs a site that really starts like these bullshit rumors like oh uh michael keaton signed up for like a batman beyond movie like just some like ridiculous shit like we got this covered type shit mm-hmm. um and he's been known to actually have somewhat of a fan base and if somebody disagrees with him he'll have that fan base attack that person mm-hmm. like on social media like call him out and not, not necessarily call him out but just say the most heinous dirtiest wrongest fucking shit like probably marie marie trans hate probably came from there exactly yeah kelly marie trans stuff like that um and like the shit like john boyega would deal with with like star like you know star wars fans are the worst and <laughs> and especially the ones who were like just want to take a shit on people because they're female or they're my, a minority mm-hmm so it was revealed that Jeremy Conrad is actually stepping away from NCU Comics, which I'm hoping that is, that means the site is dead. Um, he had said 
on a blog post on his website. He his his Twitter handle is Menabite, and there's a reason why I, I said that. Uh, he had said that he's getting he he's getting out from uh, running his site, and he's been trying to do this for the past six months. He writes, "When I first put up MCU Cosmics um, two and a half years ago, I, na- I naively naively thank you naively thought that people would want to read a site that tried to cut through the endless bullshit about comic book movies and try to post." what was realistically correct first of all no you haven't you piece that, of that's shit. just another way of saying alternative news exactly like, like you can't try to post something that's realistically correct it's either correct mm-hmm. or it isn't without your opinion yeah uh this dude and the guy behind cosmic news they would push they would push the idea of like of brie larson is shitty for for carol danvers and it's mainly because she we don't think she's pretty enough she doesn't smile enough. Mm-hmm. Like, there's almost like misogynistic, like, bullshit, he would say. Right. So he continues, on, he continues and says, um, sure, I got stuff wrong. You got a lot of stuff wrong, you piece of shit. Uh, but no one acknowledged the latter and instead, oh, sorry, he said, I got a lot of stuff wrong. No, he said, sure, I got stuff wrong and a lot of stuff correct. Yeah, so let's go ahead and flip that the other way. Mm. Uh, but no, uh, no one acknowledged the latter and instead will focus on one thing for years just to hammer someone into giving up. Isn't that what he did to everybody else? Exactly. He, dude, if you can't deal with it, don't fucking deal it. Mm-hmm. It's just that type of bullshit. Um, so he continued on and said, so I'll give them what they, oh, he's, it's extremely frustrating that people hold some sites to an impossible standard. Of not being a shit bag? Yeah. Don't be a piece of shit. That's a simple standard. Uh, while at the same time, believing and believing any bullshit that fits what they want to hear. Uh, Connor writes, so I'll give them what they want. I'll disappear. Thank you. And they can get their information elsewhere. Updates will cease and eventually the sites and the content will be deleted, although the blog will remain. <sighs> he also said he's no longer going to be active on Twitter. Goodbye. Deuces. Um, <sighs> so what we're what I'm going to do, uh, Kelsey, if you haven't propped this sucker up, uh, Conrad, uh, uh, this Jeremy Conrad got caught out for called out for a lot of bullshit, misogynistic kind of shit. He would say, uh, and this is so funny because I guess it's on. I think it's like Discord that he had a profile, um, which a lot of like these social media sites. Um, sometimes they there there's a bit of a, what's it called anonymity behind it. Anonymity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know you. You can say whatever you want. Your name doesn't even have to get out there. A picture doesn't even have to get out there. However, he thought it'd be a great idea to use the same Twitter handle, Twitter handle, which is Metabyte. Uh, at one point, he wrote uh, on, in October. He said, "Holy shit!" With the white supremacy bullshit again. Mm-hmm. This is this is in reference to like the Trump Biden town hall meeting. You know what? I, I when I was scrolling through the things that you sent me that he said. Mm. I I feel like he says things that could be construed either way so that if someone attacks him hard enough, he could be like, no, 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 I meant this. Mm-hmm. Because, like, again, with the white supremacy bullshit, like, he could be saying, and I know he wasn't, but I'm saying, he could be saying, oh, like, oh, there goes Trump again with his white supremacy bullshit. But he was never, like, almost never. There were a couple that he was clearly, like, basically a Trump supporter. But, yeah. like... There are times where he isn't super clear on what he's, 
uh, like attacking against. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because um, like a lot of people use that as a defense. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing he had mentioned out, um, uh, the topic was emails reveal Hunter Biden's associate, associates helped communists align with Chinese elites secure White House meetings, different sources, not the MacBook. Now, the whole Hunter Biden thing, that's a whole different discussion. But we all know if you have a if your IQ is higher than 50, you know, it's bullshit. So he commented and said, odds of Hunter committing suicide and stuffing himself inside a duffel bag before the election, then Biden can get some pity votes. Mm. Nigga. This is like that bullshit he wants to say. Um, He also said another one. He said, Senate Democrats, black COVID aid bill. They'll let everyone die if it gets them power. You you see just shit like that. Well, even stuff that's not very political. He added a a news radio station um, and said, Muslim Muslim worker sues Disneyland. <laughs> Muslim worker sues Disneyland over its dress code. She's going to lose. She was aware of the dress code before being hired. And that was on Twitter, right? Yeah. Yes, and and he had a pretty he had a pretty strong following. I think like over like maybe a few thousand. Uh, Twitter followers. Uh, another one he wrote was Jeremy uh, just left a McDonald's. Sorry, just left a McDonald's drive-through where the person working. Sorry, the person working it spoke no English. California sucks. Like that sounds like xenophobic, like bullshit, right there. So then he just needs to like, I don't know, go to Middle America. He's probably from Middle. I don't know where he's from. I've seen him in person. Um, Not saying Middle America is like racist, but I'm uh, saying like if you don't like the amount of like culture that's here mm-hmm. then don't be here uh what's another one i mean they always say that shit about black people and like other people coming over too yeah if they don't you know they shouldn't be here they should go back so go where you're where you like it better <laughs> yeah uh another tweet he said abc trying to drum up gun banning by calling ar-15 a military weapon fuck the liberal media all right has been proven several times and there's plenty of bodies to prove so that ar-15s are very deadly weapons they should not be in the hands of people yeah like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say ban all guns because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i'm a gun owner myself i'm actually a recent gun owner i'm actually a recent gun owner yeah i'm actually i'm thinking about buying another couple guns and i I, I I use I would ha- I have these just for protection because like, for me it's like and I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off no, but like on. when I was younger my mom was married to someone who mm-hmm. had the huge bow and arrows that were more like oh like the Daryl bow and arrows from fucking like Walking Dead shit well not like a crossbow but like a big like camouflage fucking yeah. bow uh. that was more I don't know more military style I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and shooting targets is fun. Mm-hmm. And I had like a little kid one that I would like shoot into like a, a cardboard box, you okay. know, with a target on it. It's just fun. Mm. Like you shouldn't. So it's not like take guns away from everybody. Mm. It's just how are you going to use it? Yeah. Continue. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So like the reason why I'm a gun owner is be gun, gun owner is because we're living in this crazy world and a little bit of protection can go pretty far. Um, I've always been the person 
I've always believed that um, when it comes to a home home evasion, all the robbers have to hear is like that shotgun getting cocked behind the door, and they will start backing the fuck up because mm-hmm. that's like a war. That that alone is a warning shot. Yeah. I don't believe you need to have an AR-15, which stands for assault rifle. Yeah. It's a fucking assault rifle. It's not a defending rifle. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't like it's what, what was what's that what's that kid's name? Kyle Rittenhouse or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Yeah. yeah, who is getting three million dollars bail and he's getting extradited and everything. So fuck that guy too. Um, that was his weapon that he had. You yeah. know when he shot them protesters. Protesters. Um, another tweet. Um, fucking Jeremy Conrad has said was uh, ever see a well flop around online while protesting abortion and then he continues she's just mad that she'll never get knocked up in the first place that's a misogynistic shit mm-hmm. right there well you disagree with me so you're just ugly and stupid and this dude definitely ain't no fucking looker no uh <laughs> I described uh, the best way to describe him is he looks like um he's like a man he's a man who's like three times small like proportion wise and everything it looks weird he's like I know people use PowerPoint you you upload an uh, image mm. and it doesn't quite fit how you wanted to so instead mm. of shrinking it from the corner so it keeps the proportion uh. you're stretching and shrinking it from like <laughs> the top and the bottom and it yeah. looks all weird yeah he's, he's that <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean this is gonna show this is gonna kind of date me but this is the first one the first thing that came to mind he's like the cartoon character baby huey who was like this really oversized like duck that wore like a diaper who was looked like a fucking baby but he was like six oh, feet tall yeah. but instead of being six feet tall he's like maybe well, five foot two that makes me think of Ed from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> like I said, I've seen the guy before, like, in public. I didn't... My whole thing about people like this, who hide behind their keyboards to, like, talk shit and everything, my whole thing is that, like, you're only talking shit because you're behind a keyboard. If someone steps up to you, you're going to be a little bitch. Mm-hmm. And I almost, I almost approached him, but I was just like, no, I'm not going to, like... Because then I'm going to be the aggressor. And mm-hmm. plus, this is, like, this is like in the middle of like D23. Yeah. <laughs> so no way I was going to do this. <laughs> yeah. But like I was ready. Like if something happened, I'd be like, yo, dude, I'm just going to fuck you up right here in front of everybody. Like who the, f- I don't give a fuck. Like all, and that's, he's, he's one of those people that probably never got punched in the face and mm-hmm. he fucking wears it proudly. Yeah, exactly. He probably had something thrown at him one time. He's like, oh my God, you tried to kill uh, me. Yeah, I know. Got from the French. So, that's what I want to talk about. Jeremy Conrad. Foamer? I don't know what a foamer is. No, this is the this is the first I've ever seen that. Um, but yeah, when I when I heard that he was closing down the website, um, that he's he's deleting his Twitter or closing down or putting his Twitter on private. Um, the fact that he's like, I didn't know this dude was doing a podcast, but apparently he was doing a podcast. Mm. Apparently they give him to anybody now these days. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so when my editor-in-chief showed me this article, I was like, yeah, I'm dancing on this dude's fucking career grave. I'm so fucking happy about this. Yeah. And then, you know, when Trump loses tomorrow. Oh, please. Or, or no, well, not tomorrow, but like by, by the time you guys are listening to this. it's We're recording and it's Monday. <sighs> Hopefully the, the election is good. 
you know, for sane people. <laughs> uh, he's going to be crying even harder. Oh, shit. Let me see. Uh, let me see. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read this. He says, a progressive church took communion with Skittles and iced tea to remember the crucifixion of Trayvon Martin. They should have done it with Pop Rocks and Coke. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I still want to punch this dude in his fucking face. Like, what's so wrong with people wanting to remember somebody and what they went through? Mm-hmm. I'm do, you, sure- do you have to comment on everything and be hateful and spiteful? I'm sure if like, something bad happened to him like this, which actually, you know, technically something did with the whole him take like him leaving this business maybe leaving this business for good mm-hmm. he's fucking woe is me you know i dealt this shit but i can't fucking deal with this shit yeah so honestly fuck this guy <laughs> yep i'm glad he's gone um yeah that's that that's essentially that's essentially my rant <laughs> for this week is fuck this guy that's why they call you boy rant call me boy rant This movie came out in 1977, and the synopsis is a schoolgirl and six of her classmates travel to her aunt's country home, which turns out to be haunted. Directed by Nobuhiko Obayashi, and written by Chiyo Katsura. Um, it stars Kimiko Ikigami, Miki Jimbo, Kumiko Oba, Ai Matsubara, Meiko Saito, uh, Eriko. Eriko? Let's go with Eriko. <laughs> Tanaka, Masayo Miyako, and Yoko Minamira. All right. Yeah. That's good. Good, 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Kelsey. What did you think of this? Uh, think of this movie. 
Um, I like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can I can understand why it's on the Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. It's not my cup of tea. All right, that's understandable. It's this movie's definitely not everybody's cup of tea. Like it's one of those things uh, when I was in twelfth grade, mm-hmm. and I was um, I went to like a career and technology center for my senior year instead of straight high school. Yeah. Um, the chefs that we were working with, because mm. um, I was like learning to be a pastry chef, um, they always said that you have to know enough about what you're cooking mm. to know if it tastes good or not, yeah. regardless of if you like what it is that you're making. Mm-hmm. So like, if you don't like mushrooms, but it has mushrooms in it, you can't just say it tastes bad. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing with this movie, <clears throat> like... It's not my cup of tea, mm. but I can see why it's on the Criterion Collection. Mm. And though I'm not really going to recommend it, yeah. um, I think that it does have a few things in it that are really interesting. I actually did. Um, actually, I'm actually really glad I got to show you this movie. This is definitely on that list of that ever growing film list of like movies. It's that- supposed to be shrinking and we're building it. <laughs> well, I mean. That's good, though. Yeah, I mean, fuck. I'm not stop, complaining. Yeah, I mean, stop making movies, then. <laughs> um, well, they did. Oh, yeah. For, well, totally, not really. <laughs> Let's slow down to almost not making movies. Yeah. Uh, so I was really, I was actually really glad to show you this movie. Now, I, I, I'm I, well aware that this movie is definitely not as couple to you. It is part of the, like Kelsey says, part of the Cartoon Collection, uh, Spine 538. Um, so... It's 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 very weird, um, you know. Set it's set, it's a 1977 film. Uh, this is at the time where like Japanese horror was just like we we're just going buck fucking wild. Mm-hmm. It's not. It doesn't. We still have gotta to make watch sense. that one movie that we saw. Oh, it's called like the Boxer's Omen or some shit like Something that. Something like that. Yeah, um, but have it because I remember I I remember I saw this maybe about like five or six years ago. Uh, and this is based off of my, uh, based off somebody that I know. Um, they were like, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. You got to watch this. I was like, all right, cool. Watched it. Had a few drinks. I was like, wow, this movie's wild as fuck. So rewatched it again with Kelsey. Um, I still think it's wild as fuck. It is a bit slow at the beginning, mm-hmm. which I will admit. And, but I do like how, how tonally it's really weird. It's like what i do like about it is the mm. juxtaposition between how girly and mm. like you know how light the girls are yeah and the dark nature of everything that's going on yeah yeah even like the fact that like the music that plays plays quite often in the background earlier it's very like like very yeah. like happy go lucky type shit mm-hmm. you know the the girls um I always think these names are fucking great. Uh, gorgeous Kung Fu Fantasy, uh, prof, uh, short for Professor, Mac, Melody, and Sweet. Um, how they're just like, oh, we're going to go to my aunt's, uh, uh, we're going to go to Gorgeous uh, Aunt's house. Imagine, like, stay up there for the summer. It's going to be totally awesome and all that kind of stuff. And hey, Blanche, my cat, where do you come from? All of a sudden you're here with us and all that kind of mm. weird shit. Also, the watermelons were bombs. Oh yeah, you said the watermelons were—they were bombs. 
I wonder why they did look like that because I know several. I've seen several animes where like watermelons are of that shape and size. They they're like a a ball. Yeah. With a string. Maybe cheap budget because <laughs> the girls had to carry them a little bit during the oh, movie. Oh, to make them lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do love the fact that when shit pops off, it fucking pops off. Like how that cat Blanchett just keeps popping out of nowhere. Yeah. And like has like these green gem eyes that like the camera does this funny like pause on the cat's eyes like beanie and the cat's like meow. Oh my God. That just reminded me of the fucking piano scene. Oh, where, uh, where Melody gets her fingers chopped, uh, eaten off and shit. Yeah. But she's like playing the piano. Uh, and then all of a sudden you hear a cat go, meow, 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 <laughs> And it's just like, that's part of the song now. And it goes on for a while. <laughs> yeah. And then like Melody gets fucking eaten by that piano. And it's like, it's so weird because like, it's like, it, it, it's like eating it. It's okay. The piano is eating Melody, but at the same time, it's like having sex with her. With her a couple of times, I think even like Melody even says it during the movie, like, "Oh, this looks pretty naughty." <laughs> That's funny. Um, I think they used, made use of green screen for the piano. Yeah, there was. Um, I I read somewhere I can't exactly remember where, but the director said that like they had they had done a, a different form of technology using like a TV mm-hmm. for like the certain like special effects that were in that were placed in the movie, and I think that. I mean, if you look at it now, you're just like, oh, that looks cheap or that looks very ineffective or compared to like today's special effect use or CGI or whatever. But I think back then it was really seen like ahead of its time. Like if you can picture like seeing horror films before then and then coming up and seeing this one, you've never seen anything else before this. I mean, Mm -hmm. after this, like, you know, you were born that time. Yeah. I I can picture myself being like, whoa, this is fucking intense. This is amazing how they do all that crazy ass shot. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why... Um, that's why I think I like it uh, quite a bit more than than you do for this because I, I, you know, as I didn't understand any of the transitions. You didn't have to. All I understood was <laughs> the camera angle switches when she, when the one girl was like opening one eye and closing the other and oh, then prof, switching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you know, then the camera angles were switching so that you could get like a first person view of what that would look like. Yeah, I thought that did look cool. There's, there's but like on a scale of everything else that's going on with the film that's like that's my takeaway okay <laughs> <laughs> there's one part that i always i always crack up i don't think i i take the back i don't say always crack up because i don't think i laughed this hard i don't think i really laughed this time we watched because it, it was kind of late and we were kind of tired um was the part where uh where fantasy goes to the well and finds max head and max like <laughs> it starts flying around somehow. Kelsey's laughing because now she's remembering it. But it was just like so ridiculous. And then like Max had even like bit Fantasy's butt. Oh, well, just... that part was hilarious. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You could tell she was green screened and it was just her head and she actually oh, yeah. was biting her butt. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty hilarious to like watch it. Um Oh and then um what about when they were pushing... The, it was weird. They were all going to leave the room, and they're pushing the aunt, and all of a sudden, there's a cat flying into her lap. Like, someone taught, like, oh, threw yeah. it at her. Oh, yeah. They threw it at auntie. You, you just see the cat. Like, you can tell someone off off scene was like, here, there you go. There's yeah. your cat. That's a calm-ass fucking cat. That I cat know. did not flinch at all. They probably tranquilized it a bit. Oh, I don't doubt that. Fucking yeah. uh, 
making uh, film production back then was like wild as fuck. Mm. You know, oh, director so and so, I can't keep going. We've been doing shooting for eighteen hours. Well, here's, here's some cocaine. Oh, yeah, here's, here's some cocaine. You're good to go. All right, ten more hours, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did you? I don't know what cocaine you tried that last ten hours. <laughs> I haven't tried cocaine. So the last from 10 what hours. I understand of it. I mean, you, you need like re-ups all the time because you get used to it. Yeah, I mean, you, you take cocaine once or twice and then you're like good to go for like a couple of hours and you're like taking a bump every like 30 minutes to yeah. try, keep that high going. Yeah. You know, cocaine 101. Anyway. <laughs> um, what did you, okay, what did you think of the horror for, for this film? Um, I didn't find it very horrifying mm. for the most part i think the most horrifying part was the aunt's face because you could tell she was up to no good mm-hmm. and it was unsettling other we, than that you know like every time they would mm. like zoom in on her face yeah, oh yeah it would be like that would you be surprised to know that the script was partially inspired by frights described uh to the director by a his preteen daughter i know that my daughter Tells me her dreams all the fucking time, and mm. I'm like, okay. Uh, I can't imagine trying to write a script based off of it. Well, I'm sure, like, I'm sure, like, the daughter, the the director's preteen daughter, like, told him like something really wild, and he was like, all right, let me incorporate a woman who can eat by a piano, mm. <laughs> or like a picture of a cat, a white cat spewing all this blood out of his mouth. That just makes me think of all the dreams that I had. Oh, you got some wild ass fucking dreams. You want to know my earliest dream? Yeah, that I sure. Can remember? Sure. I was like three or four years old, mm-hmm. and you know how like your eyes play tricks on you. Mm. Excuse me. Not like you see shapes, but you like it's like your eyes can see something floating, but there's nothing there. Mm. I saw like a green ghost that kind of looked like from Pac Man. Okay. <laughs> and it was like. It was green, and it was like neon green. It was just floating. Okay, now was this a dream, or did you actually see this? No, it was a dream, because I thought it was real Mm. when I woke up the next day, but then I realized, like, it couldn't be real, because, like, as I got older, I realized it couldn't be real, because I was viewing it from the end of my bed, even though I was in bed. Uh, Oh, from, like, a third-person perspective. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, and it was a recurring dream of mine, by the way. Oh, maybe maybe you're astral uh, projecting. Maybe. Oh. So it would leave the room, Uh and I would get up Uh for whatever reason, and um, then I'd be flying. Okay. And I would fly down the hallway and down the stairs, and there was, like, an angry baseball that was, like, flying after me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'd be scared, and then there was a stove downstairs, and I don't know, there was something significant about the stove, but I don't know what it was. I feel like this would have been the American version of, of House. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and not the, not the 1986 one. I'm talking about, like, this is, is Kelsey's version. Yeah, well, the angry baseball chased me out of the house, and that's all I remember. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Wild as shit. Um... I feel like I know what you're gonna say, but I want you to talk about it anyway. What about the the, the performance from from the the young women? I I remember watching this a few times. I told you it was like a novella. Oh, okay. It was that fucking cheesy. Yeah. Oh and yeah. The girls were very cheesy. Mm. You can tell they chose models. Yeah. Um. I read that the 
that the seven young actresses they had they had no prior experience and they were all models. So you could tell. Yeah. Oh, you can tell one hundred percent. Um. So for me, it's like I didn't like any of their performances. Mm-hmm. And also, I felt bad for the girl Mac because they were kind. Of, they were like calling her fat and everything, and she wasn't even like she wasn't big, even big at all. Yeah, like she just wasn't skinny. She, but she mm. was still like thin. I think she kind of looked better than she. Well, yeah, she was more filled out, but she wasn't mm. even heavy at all. Mm. She just had curves. Yeah, I would. I would agree with. That. I mean, yeah, because they kind of pick on her. Uh, like she eats all the time. And yeah, they pick on her pretty early in the movie, and then she's like the first one to die too. Yeah. Um, there's one girl who I, if I, I think she's my favorite character is Kung Fu, and she, I really like the, I really like how she's like she'll do like some wild ass Kung Fu shit, mm-hmm. like do like fifteen flips in the air and then like kick the wall and stuff like that. There's even like one scene which I thought was it's so dumb but so ridiculous. Um is the part where she's like chopping the wood mm-hmm. and the wood like comes back together and it starts attacking her. <laughs> and she's like, what? and like whenever she like gets into Kung Fu mood, it, it turns into like the music like ramps up really fast. Yeah. And then like she beats up like the the flying logs and she's like, oh I guess I I think that was just a hallucination. <laughs> like why? Why would you think that? <laughs> what about the scene with the blankets and the pillows? That shit was... That was from... That happened to Sweet, right? I or think so. Fan- it was Sweet. No, Sweet got stuck on the clock. That was fantasy. Fantasy. Oh, yeah. That's what happened to fan. No, that, that did happen to Sweet. No, I never, yeah, you're right. That did happen to Sweet because Sweet, Sweet was later in the clock. Which, yeah. It was just like, what? Okay. <laughs> that... <laughs> That scene with like the matches and the pills attacking her, I was honestly like, "What the fuck?" I mean, in, in this entire movie of what the fuck's going on, I'm just like, "What the fuck is going on with this scene?" <laughs> yeah, the same for me. And I'm like, and then there's the cat again. That I fucking think, cat. I think the the singing of the cat was going over that scene too. Oh, the mer 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 mer. Yeah. Okay. Like partially, like it didn't start that way, but then. Mm. Because they were cutting between all the different girls at that point mm. to see what they were dealing with. And they were all running back and forth like they didn't know what the fuck they were doing, which I didn't like. Oh, yeah. Like, Mag disappeared and they're like, where's Mag? Oh, she's probably down at the potato farm. The end. Or like, they're they're like, oh, where's Sweet? And they're looking for her. And then they find her. And then they're like, okay, well, we got to go do this. But, oh, we can't leave Sweet. And then, like, they're all, like, over the place. Yeah, they're doing they're doing that, that um... I, I I I'm not saying uh, they doing they're doing the trope where like oh let's split up and find out what's going on as opposed to like staying together yeah and I'm sure like back then that was something like radical or new or something like yeah. that but now we're just like really come on you can stop <laughs> doing that yeah um one thing that I I do enjoy is that the girl gorgeous who's like set up to be like the lead mm-hmm. or to be like the main focus of the story she like there's plenty of times where she's like gone or disappear and we stay we actually spend more time with the other girls which i find way more interesting than the gorgeous girl yeah because she's kind of boring yeah and like she has like an issue with like her dad who is a like music composer a uh, film composer um who has like a new girlfriend that she doesn't like yeah and then like and she only doesn't like her because her mom died eight years ago yeah well she can get over it <laughs> Mm, I always think it's like 
a sign of like being spoiled when a child only doesn't like who their parent is dating based off the fact that it's not their other parent. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could totally see that. Yeah, that, yeah. Like I would, I for me, that's that. that's like spoiled. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um, I mean, without reason. I mean, if there's a reason why they're not not like their parents, I'm talking about when they just meet them and they already don't like them. Yeah, well, I mean, or they don't even like them before they meet them. I think Gorgeous had every reason not to like her dad's new girlfriend because whenever they showed the new <laughs> girlfriend, it was like constant wind blowing and like. Her her silk scarf. It's just she probably whoa. just got <laughs> too much dust in her eye every time she came around, you know. And she was like, "God, every time you come around, there's so much wind. And I get dust in my eyes. I know. And it hurts. I, yeah, I'm wearing contacts, and holy shit, my eyes are getting dry." <laughs> um. So, what did you think? I, I want to get your take on the ending, on what the ending meant to you. Um, I think that. The cat was a witch. Okay. Like they said. Mm-hmm. And Blanche. It, yeah, Blanche. Mm-hmm. Um crossed paths with Gorgeous mm. so that she could take over her body. Cause I think she took over her body at the end. Yeah. It's cause it seemed like Well, cause it well, cause it's weird because it's like the aunt was aging in reverse. Yeah, every time the girls had uh, disappeared or died or something like that. She was like getting stronger. Like there's even that part where she's like literally eating like Max Han. Yeah, but I'm like, so I'm confused because mm. I don't know if it was the aunt mm-hmm. that aged in reverse or if the cat took over Gorgeous's body. I think I think from my understanding is that um, the cat it, that it all started with the cat and mm-hmm. the cat was feeding off of the aunt. And what what happened with the aunt? Because remember that she had a uh, a fiance that went to war and ended up dying. Mm-hmm. I think that was um, like the cat, like kind of seeping off the energy from the aunt. Mm-hmm. And then when the aunt, I think honestly, I think it's also supposed to be like a like a like it's, it's supposed to be a distraction. Like oh, obviously the aunt's behind it or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like the cat was really the puppet master behind all this kind of stuff because eventually, like the aunt just like goes away. It's yeah, like never she's s- not around anymore. Yeah, and then that's I think that's when the cat starts the witch within the cat or the cat witch, whatever the fuck it is. Oh, and that's why it was probably singing. Yeah, and I remember like meow, 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 meow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have that song in my head like tonight. so yeah, and I think like the cat uh once like the cat had had got to the um how Gorgeous got to the part where she was like sad and depressed or whatever. Because remember, she was like really missing her her mom mm-hmm. like a whole lot. And then she has this creepy thing where she pulled out all these pictures and she was talking to them mm-hmm. and like and then she was randomly like, "I wonder how my aunt is." <laughs> 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 I miss you, mom. I wonder how my aunt is. I haven't seen her in eight years. Yeah, and then the uh, the mom, not the mom, Gorgeous becomes like the new embodiment of like the witch or some shit like that. Yeah, but you know how like the cat. Um, what the aunt's wishes were, the cat kind of like adapt, uh, adopt it. Um, with with Blanche, the cat adopted whatever that the uh, gorgeous wanted. Which, remember when um, the dad's new girlfriend shows up, she's like, "Oh hi, whatever," and then she like essentially like sets her body on fire. Yeah. <laughs> which I, which I know it doesn't look amazing now, but I still think it looked pretty cool. Like anybody else, I don't, I don't, they probably wouldn't see it amazing, but I think it looked pretty cool when like. Um, the dad's girlfriend body burned. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like fire over it, but it was just like a 
superimposed fire of it. And it was like, that eh. was like on her face and stuff. Yeah, and then like everything like like went away and shit like that. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, so apparently, uh, uh, the director O O, how you say that? Obashi Nobuhiko Obayashi. Yeah, Obayashi had said um, about a decade later that he was thinking about making a sequel to this movie. Jesus. Um, but he said like, no, nah, House is like once in a lifetime event. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing the sequel. It's set in the 80s. <laughs> no. What? You wouldn't want another one? Nope. Another house? Mm-mm. Oh, man. They should, they should remake this movie. I would watch a remake, but they would have to make it less cheesy. No, I think I think they would have to go full swing. Like, full swing cheesy, but like 80s cheesy. and like No, because 80s cheesy is good cheesy. Exactly. This is just like anime cheesy or novella cheesy yeah but it's like 70s cheesy so if it's a time so maybe like put in the 80s have it have it do like a weird kind of take like that movie we saw uh survival skills no she do 90s cheesy ugh, <laughs> cheesy about the ugh. <laughs> man cinema in the 90s was bad except for like the tail end like matrix fight club stuff like that mm. um so I'm gonna. I feel like I know this answer already. I'm gonna ask Kelsey the question anyway. Does this film hold up? No. No. <laughs> no. Not even a little bit. I think it holds up, but under. Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Kelsey's that like. That was leaning. like the hardest eye roll I think I've ever done. Hold up! I might need to see a doctor. I think it still holds up, but like under a nostalgia lens that, you, that means it doesn't hold up it does because i would definitely rewatch this <laughs> you know watch this tonight get out <laughs> hey let's write the sequel come on we can do it we no. can do it you know what i would from the cat's perspective <laughs> from the cat yes <laughs> I would so fucking I would I would I would watch it, read it, and and digest it. But the cat's like, God, you guys are fucking annoying. I know. I'm just gonna have to I'm gonna murk all of you. Yeah, I'm gonna just make this piano eat you right now. <laughs> That's like if the cat was Leia. I think Leia would make the piano eat the people. Oh, she totally would. She like, totally right. would. She's always telling my kids like Stop it. You're annoying. I think I think if I show my daughter this movie, her whole fixation would be like, oh, kitty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I still think it holds up, especially it's because it's, it's just so weird and so out there. And like for like that 70s horror, like Japanese horror, I, I, I still enjoy watching this movie. I really I know I, I know you didn't like it as much as I thought you were going to like it, but I still enjoyed having you watch this film. Yeah. And I'm actually glad you didn't like shit all over it. I know, like, and you can actually appreciate, like, I can understand why it's in the Criterion Collection, why people like this. Yeah. Because you have to have, like, old movies that don't really make sense. Well, not just make sense, but mm. they don't really feel like they connect to anything that we know of now. Yeah. But they, that doesn't mean that they don't belong there. Because at the time, mm. it was something great. Yeah, and I, I think I think one of the reasons why if it's all in the Criterion Collection is like it's very abstract, mm-hmm. like especially like especially like the weird like the tonal shifts between um, the first a- the first half into the second half. Like if you if you literally if you actually split this movie in half, people you can make would two different movies. You make two different movies. You can make like uh, 
the the first half can be like, oh, this is a story of like a group of girls who connected, you know, over the summer. Mm-hmm. And then the other half would be like, oh, this is a group of girls that got murdered over the summer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I still like it. And you I, know what? Our next movie should be like hmm. our movie from if we were going to write it. Mm-hmm. It would be I know what you did last summer, but like it would be a bunch of people going after the cat because they knew the cat <laughs> the cat killed everyone last summer. Uh, so the cat would be like, oh my god, I get to get away. Yeah, I know it's from the cat's perspective, and they're yeah. like every episode. Every I'm 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 thinking episode because they're doing I know what you did last summer TV show, but yeah, like every like thirty minutes, like the cat has to fight another person or some shit. Mm-hmm. Uses cat powers. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog foils her plan. Oh, I know the dog behind was behind it the whole time. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, uh, <laughs> would you? Would you recommend this to anybody? No. No. I totally would. You know, I wouldn't have even recommended it to you if I'd seen it on my own. So, because uh, to me, it's really not good, um, like uh, at all. I I feel like I feel like if let's say for example you found this before I did, and you're like, oh, I saw this movie, it was really bad. You know, you like described it, it was like, oh, I don't, I don't think you should watch it. I'll probably be like, let me see the trailer, and then the trailer would be like. The trailer would have had me hooked. <laughs> I'm sure the trailer would have had you hooked, but mm. it's just... Mm-mm. Mm. I think I would have talked you out of it. And I would have just definitely wanted to watch it even more. Liar. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, I, I would semi-recommend this, but I'd be very hesitant to who to recommend it to. I, I think to... I'm the only person you would have recommended it to, and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I th- I think there's a couple of people I rec- I would recommend it to watch. Oh, Elsie saw it. Did she watch it? Because I, I I saw her comment mm-hmm. uh, on our on our Instagram page. She said it's a coincidence that someone recommended her to watch it. And she watched it this past weekend. Oh, I want to hear what she got to say about this. Yeah, I had a rope. Um. Okay. Anything else you want to add? Are we good? We're good. We're- and no, I don't want to add anything. Okay. <laughs> okay. And we're good. And we're good. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So that's going to be our show for this week, folks. Uh, we want to thank y'all for uh, joining us uh, for this episode. Um, you can find this episode and all our past episodes on all podcast catchers, uh, you know, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, iTunes, all that other sh- kind of shit. Um, I'm trying to think of it. I thought I wanted to announce it. No, actually, I don't. Okay. I know I'm talking to myself now. Great. <laughs> uh, this is a podcast about Mark talking to himself. Hi, Mark. Hey, Mark. What's going on, Mark? Oh, I'm Mark. I'm doing all right, Mark. How you doing, Mark? That's great, Mark. You have to end every sentence with Mark? Yeah, Mark. <laughs> okay. Good one, Mark. Does it hold up, Mark? It does, Mark. <laughs> okay, so uh, please join us for next week where our recent review is going to be Brandon Cronenberg's uh, Possessor. Mm. which will be available on VOD on uh, November 6th. Um, I've actually watched this movie uh, before Kelsey. I had a screener of it. Um, Kelsey hasn't watched it, but oh, I can't wait for her to watch it. I, I'll just give you a heads up. I really enjoyed this movie, but I really want to give what Kelsey has to say about this, about this movie. Yes. Um, so we're going to do that, and then we are going to attach our geriatric cinematic, which will be 1962's The Manchurian Candidate. You know you said The Manchurian Candidate a few, like, last week or whatever when we were talking about it? Like, mm. 
And I thought you were talking about the Denzel Washington one. I know. That's why I had to say 1962. Because I was like, that movie, I think I watched that one and it was boring. That's why I said 1962. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, the, this maturing candidate is considered a classic. It stars Frank Sinatra. Oh, okay. And I don't think I've seen him in anything yet. Yeah. Um, I've actually have never seen this movie, so this will be my first time viewing this movie as well. Um, that is streaming on Cinemax, or you can rent... Oh, who the fuck has Cinemax? Or you can rent on Apple TV or on Who the Amazon. fuck has Apple TV? <laughs> I have Apple TV. You said you didn't have Apple TV because n- there's oh. nothing on there. No, I got it. If you have a new... Oh, you have Apple TV I on know. your iPhone. Yeah. I know I do. Yeah. So I have Apple. I don't watch it. I don't use it. I've been meaning to because I heard there's a show called Ted Lasso that's really good. Mm. Um, so anybody who has an iPhone, I boom. get confused using their app because uh, I click on it and it's like wanting you to pay extra to watch things that are already oh, on there. So I'm like, if I'm already going to pay for it, which I'm, I have a free membership yeah. right now, but if you want me to pay for it and then I got to pay to watch something on top of that, yeah, there's no point. Well, the, if it is available to rent through Apple Apple TV. Uh, or rent on Amazon, or find a, you know, torrent link or whatever. Whatever you got to do. Yeah, go to tor- go to Torrance. Go to Torrance, Torrance, California. Um, there's actually a reason why we're doing we're doing those two movies. Um, because by the time you listen to this, the presidential election is happening. Mm-hmm. So we're having somewhat of a political theme behind this movie, uh, or our choices. Uh, the topic will be. Better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I just hope fucking at the end of this week we're all in a happier place. Because I'm sorry, I'm starting to get fucking nervous. Me too. Um, so with that being said, um, you know, wear your mask, wash your damn hands. The pandemic did not have to go for this long, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time you're listening to this, if you haven't voted. You can vote on vote. You if you're not registered registered to vote, check. Um, I forgot what website you have to look through, but you can actually register to vote that day. Mm-hmm. I know California is it. Like if you haven't registered to vote, you can go to uh, wherever you're going to vote and be like, I want to register like right now, and they yeah. will they will let you do it right then and there. Mm-hmm. So you can definitely do that. Um, more importantly, you know, stay safe. Don't let democracy die. Um, and we're going to bid you folks adieu. But before we do that, I'm going to share a little story. Uh, so, I had a girlfriend, as anybody does, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And uh, I was in a relationship with this person. And of course, I've been dating for a while, and I wanted to introduce her to my mother. And uh, it didn't go so well. It's kind of a nightmare scenario. My mom can be uh, very hard on people that she doesn't know. That's understandable. She had a hard life. But this one scared my uh, girlfriend at the time, scared her off. But before she did that, she wanted to know, like, what the fuck was going on? Like, why? All that kind of shit. But, you know, what was going on with her mom, with my mom and her not liking her? And I had just watched House. Because the next thing I said to her was, she eats unmarried young girls. It is the only time she can wear her wedding gown. <laughs>